Hi everyone, welcome to Type Talks. Today we have a casual conversation between an INFP and an ESTJ, where they talk about their experiences with the opposite type. And the reason why I decided to do this video is because I have an INFP friend called DJ, and he's really funny. And I think that he's a great example of an INFP. In this video, you'll notice DJ's sense of humor. He uses extroverted intuition really well, and in his humor, he's able to connect very outlandish ideas with each other. NE is very good at making these bizarre connections between seemingly unrelated ideas. And so with DJ's SI storehouse of random facts and just a library of stored concrete information that he has, he's able to twist it in ways to create these interesting NE connections. He doesn't know what he's going to say until he says it. Some of his jokes are a little bit like word vomit. NE is just able to make all these desperate connections, and they can come out as very quirky sometimes, especially with NFPs, because they don't have the TI holding them back. And so they can really make these out-of-the-box ideas. So in this conversation, you'll see Wendy's speech style. And in her speech style, as we're talking about ESTJs, you can see that she's very efficient, she's very effective, she's always moving, she's always getting things done, always has her goals, and is always working towards end goals. Or she's just very results-oriented. So you can see the extroverted thinking, seeking logical order in the external world. You can see her using her introverted sensing because she'll reference experiences she has with her husband. And she's talking about concrete times in the past that she's experienced with her husband. And so the things that she's bringing up in conversation are her SI stored memories, her replaying these times. Again, in this chat, you can very obviously see DJ's F-I-N-E, and you can see Wendy's T-E-S-I very clearly. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy. And then she's always like adding on more things to her plate. Like I, I had an, a partner in my internship and I think she was an ESTJ. And she just wanted like more things like added on to do, you know, and it was just like jeepers. <laughs> Listen, you know, so in my marriage, my uh, so I was married to an INFP for 20 over 20 years. I've known him since we were eight years old. And wow. we, yeah, so he would in the mornings, <laughs> he would say to me, Wendy, is this a GSD day? And I was like, uh, at first I'm like, what does that mean? And he's like, get bleep done. And I'm like, oh, every day is that for me. Every single day, just to hop out of bed, get stuff done. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he used, it, he used yeah. to watch me run around the house. And at first in our marriage, he thought he had to follow me. And then I said, no, 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 no. This is my illness, <laughs> no, not, not yours. So you can watch football or do whatever you want to do. I'll do my thing. You do your thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You guys just always want to keep like doing stuff. It's just like the energy you have like an internal motor, you know, you guys could be like the new renewable energy source, 
you know, they always talk about solar and they talk about like geothermal and they talk about natural gas, but they never talk about ESTJ. It's like if they could find a way to like hook you guys up to like uh, a power board or something, you could probably power some small towns at first, but then everything could be powered by ESTJs. Yeah, but, but then we collapse. Like we go, go, go. I mean, we do sleep eventually and then get back up and do it all over again. Yeah, but you guys like need like one day and then you're right back at it. Because my really? boss was like, I work like over 50 hours, then I clean the entire house, and then I like crash for a day, and then she goes back and does it all over again. Right. It's like, and you can have just rotate ESTJs. It would be like the Matrix, except like you wouldn't need, need like all these people. You'd need like five ESTJs and it would power the machine world. Yeah, so DJ, this ESTJ was a homeschooling mom. I whipped those kids in the shape. I had three kids and I homeschooled them according to their personality type. And just, we, at one point I told them that, I'm like, maybe we should wear uniforms to make this a little more formal. The kids are like, what? We're at home. I'm like, I don't know, because the my INFP is the one that brought homeschooling to me. I would have never homeschooled. Like I was waiting to see like, you know, the field day ribbons and things like that from the kids. I had no idea that I would be, I would be the teacher for 10 years and do that. So yeah, I have a found my, I, so I was married to an INFP. I had an ESFP an ESTP and an INTJ. And so it was, wow. it was quite the, quite the <laughs> interesting. Fact. That's a lot of energy. That's that's all the machine world needs. That's all you need. You guys could probably like powered Chicago or something all together. You know, that's it's right. like it's once we get you guys going, you can work hard too. We just light a yeah. little fire under you and get you moving, and then it's great. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have an ESTJ, probably as like a boss or a wife, you're not gonna like screw around. You're not gonna be like you're gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna get this done. Because the STJs don't like screw around, you know, it's like you guys like, like my boss will be kind of like, uh, you know, real sweet and she's super friendly. Like she's like a border collie. She just wants to work and run around, but she's really nice and stuff. But then like if like numbers start to slip, it's like I've heard about the ESTJ hammers and they come out and like everyone needs to get their shit together now. <laughs> yeah, right. I've been asked if I'm spontaneous. I'm like spontaneous. I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, I plan for everything. Like, I, I'm planning all the way to death, practically. <laughs> and if it just goes according to my plan, life will be good. But never does. Never does. Yeah, you guys are, like, responding to problems and putting up, putting out fires and, like, um, adopting dogs with a bunch of health problems and, like giving your husband's to-do list, like super to-do lists more than the average wife, probably. No, 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 listen, I actually, if I could have my ex on here, I think he would defend me. He, I knew about Myers-Briggs like 10 years ago. So I fully understood he was an introvert, that he needed his time. And so, uh, like I said, I did my thing, but I didn't insist on like that he do my thing. Right. So we were good like that, but 
where we ran into pro where we would run into problems is like when he started taking on some things that I was doing and I'm like, um, th this isn't. So he came home one day and he said, um, we're going to go run the San Francisco half marathon. I'm like, uh, babe, you're not a runner. Like when, <laughs> when did you run a mile? Like, at, like when? And he's like, look, 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 we're, we're all going to do it at work. We're just going to like, we already signed up for it and don't worry. We're going to do that. The way the San Francisco marathon is run the halves, they have two half marathons. One has a lot of Hills. The other one, not as many. So he's like, don't worry. We signed up for the one that doesn't have as many Hills. I'm like, but we still have the problem that you are not a runner like at all. So honest to goodness, you know what you guys do well? You grind it out. Absolutely grind it out. So he, over like 16 weeks or whatever it was, managed to get himself from a non-runner to running the half marathon in San Francisco because they did it wrong. They picked the hills. So I'm a faster runner than him. And I would get to these hills and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm gonna, I, I, I hope he, he suffers going up this hill <laughs> because it was he did so suffer. Hard. Right. <laughs> yeah. He'll so, suck. He'll uh -huh. suck. That's what the MMA fighters do. They run hills. Like they just go up hills. That's all they do to like be, you know, to like get their endurance up. One of the things that they do. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't imagine like being like, oh yeah, I'm going to run a half. How old was he? And, you know, he probably yeah. hadn't run. You know, he's. No, oh. no, we were. Well, we were like, uh, it was about, we were just had turned 40 ish. Yeah. And oh, I boy. was a runner. Like I started running at 38 and I got myself up to 70 miles a week. So I was running 70 Yeesh. miles a week, averaging about 55 for like, that's what I average. And he's had zero, 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 zero miles. But now, a couple years later, he's running trail runs and all kinds of stuff because you guys can grind it out. But it was funny watching him prepare for it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, as a nine, I'm absolutely horrified by everything you just said. That just is just like, like wow. <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> running in there. Oh, my God. He's a nine, too. That's, even, yeah, that's, 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 that's weird. <laughs> but yeah, that would be hard, like like 40 and you don't really run and then you have to start running because I imagine the beginning of it is you just like running for a minute and then like your lungs are burning and then you're just like puking and passing out and stuff like that. I mean, it's just like, oh man. I don't even know that. Like I never even got the joy of running thing. Like I never found like, why are you running you just for the sake of running? Well, listen, I, hey. I always thought that's what they make you. <laughs> go ahead. You sorry. Have, no, no. When you have three kids, nobody wants to go with you on a 10-mile run. So it's your minute to yourself or 90 minutes to yourself because that's how long it takes me to run 10 miles. So. Wow. That's why. But he still runs, but he does, he does the kind of races where, you know, you – like the trail runs where you like eat every three miles and stuff. Oh my gosh. And then, drink, and then drink beer at the end. Like he's, you know, he's kind of a happy go lucky runner. 
Yeah, he's enjoying it. He's doing a good job. He's enjoying it. Me, we went to the Chicago Marathon. We both ran the Chicago Marathon at the end of the marathon. He goes, honey, did you see the band? I'm like, no. He's like, did you see the people? I'm like, no. He's like, did you take any pictures? I'm like, no. He's like, did you enjoy the race? I'm like, I qualified for Boston. That's the only purpose. You could put me in just on a track because I noticed nothing, nothing around me. I'm just running for time, just the time. And he's running for the whole experience of it. So it was yeah. a good dichotomy. So end goal focused is like nothing matters but this end goal. <laughs> yeah, he probably knows because he stopped to like throw up and was like looking around to see if anyone saw him. And then he's like, oh, look at all. Look, there's a band. <laughs> oh, no. You know what happened to him? Have you ever been to Chicago? The wind is incredible. So you turn, oh. a, you turn a corner and the wind hits you like it's awful, right? So that particular day, if you were an elite runner, you had no wind. Like because the wind came. So I hit wind at mile 18. So 18 to 26. I'm running in the wind. Well, he's slower than me. Yeah. So he hit wind at like 13 miles. So from like 13 to 26, he's running in the wind of Chicago. I mean, God bless him. I, I mean, I, I always applaud the, the spirit that INFPs have to go out and get it. <laughs> I just yeah, wish that he, can... he took a little more of my tips. So it would be a little easier for him. <laughs> you, you, you didn't let him like run. You, you didn't like get together with some other like uh, runners to form like a V pattern like geese do when no. they fly through the air to like help him. Like he could have been like the back goose or something like that. <laughs> no, I, well, I don't even know where he was except for. So what he would do, what he did well and I did terrible I'm terrible at directions. I can't get myself out of a box. So he would say to me, how can you do like these things well, but you cannot, cannot figure out directions. So when he left me at the Chicago marathon, because he had to go one direction, I had to go another. He goes, look, you're going to be done first. Are you going to get back to the hotel? <laughs> no problem. That hotel is like right there. Yeah, nope. I had to ask like five people. I'm like, where is, and then I didn't even remember the name of the hotel because he always took care of those things. So I finally wow. found the hotel and then I went back to the finish line to get them. <laughs> I <didn't> finally finished. <laughs> Man, yeah, what in, in, he's really, yeah, what in, really wants Listen. to challenge himself. Wow. But, it's hidden in the INFPs. It's hidden in there. You just need an ESTJ come alongside of you, push some buttons, and then you'll just, just go. Well, it's the nine thing. Like, nines are energy vampires. Like, we feed off other people's. And you're like a bolt of lightning, so he's probably, like, getting all energized <laughs> to fight near you and everything. Yeah. So we're just, like, sucking stuff out, you know. And then we're he's enablers, so we're like, going. We used to have a lot of good conversations in our marriage, like a lot of good conversations. And I always felt like because he he 
is in sales, right? So INFPs don't love sales all, you know, like you can sell something. It's not that you can't sell. It's just that energy drain on you all day long. So he would call me up and we would have all kinds of conversations. And I always felt like I was like, think of a ring, like a ring, like a boxing ring. And he was out boxing, right? Like he was out, out there fighting, doing the sales. And then every once in a while, he needed a charge. So he'd call me up. And I was like the coach in the corner, like talking them up and then sending them back out, into the, sending them back out into the universe. But it was, it was good. Like I said, we've known each other since we were eight. I, I love INFPs. Um, I, I have a couple of them in my life. He hated me um, as a child. He, had a, he literally has a journal. He has a journal from his, when he was eight years old that says three people I hate because back in the 80s, you could do that. And my name was number one, number one. That's because I told everyone I was going to marry him in the third grade. That's like that's some super duper like goal. That's like Schwarzenegger goal accomplishing stuff. Like Schwarzenegger came, he's like, I'm going to be Mr. Universe. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to marry a Kennedy. I'm going to be governor. And he just went ahead and like did it all. This is what you learn. If an ESTJ tells you they're going to do something, be worried if you don't want it done. Because usually that means we start down the path. And it doesn't mean we can't get off course or go in a different direction. But if we want to do something, we will plot out a plan and go forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys are fearless. Uh, well, no, not exactly. I mean, you're scared of your feelings. <laughs> other than that, you're just fine. Yes. Listen to me. That's true. That's the honest to God truth. Sometimes I know it's true. Right. You like if you're an ESTJ and you get crying, you're like, what? What am I? What? What is going on here? It's like, no, 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 no. Don't let the tears come. Don't. Nope. Don't let the tears come. Then I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm crying. And once I had kids, it was. Yeah, oh, you guys are like. Yeah. Yeah. You had a family of thinkers. So yeah, you're probably like stabbing yourself in the leg with a fork to keep yourself from crying or something like that. You know, just trying to toughen yourself back up, put, you know, armor it up and everything. Cause to feel stuff, you guys have to stop moving and you can't, you guys are like sharks. If you stop moving, you'll die. So you just have to like, keep going. Yeah. No, I know it's terrible. My kids, I sat down on the sofa one time when they were in their teenage years and they're like, oh my gosh, she's sitting like on the sofa. They're like, mom, have you ever sat on our sofa ever, ever? I'm like, yes, I, I think I have. <laughs> I think I, yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, one time, 10 years ago for two minutes, you sat down because, you know, you had to make a phone call or something. Oh. And then you're probably like, this is bullshit. You know, you probably have a little like Darth Vader on your shoulder. It was like, get up, sandbagger, you know, get moving. Yeah, because I don't even sit to talk on the phone. In fact, a lot of my stuff is done on Zoom right now. And I'm like, man, if they could just figure out a way that I could walk around and do this stuff, that would be good. That would be you could just snap it. You ever see those people with those hummingbird feeders that like hang off their head? <laughs> you could probably do that with like a laptop, like put your phone in front of your head and you could just 
to like run around and do all your stuff while talking on the phone or something like that, you know, or like having your Zoom calls, like strap your your laptop to your chest or something while you do stuff. No, I know. You know? <laughs> I know it's honestly though, it's kind of terrible because my kids, they still talk about, I have two adult children and they still talk about how we always walked fast everywhere. We walked fast. And then when I'm subbing in the schools, my my little elementary kids are all like, Miss K, stop, stop walking so fast. Our legs are little. We and I'm like, listen, we got things to do. Let's go. Yeah, I, I say the same thing. Yeah. I've got little legs, so it's 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 hard. <laughs> you can probably walk faster than I can run. <laughs> probably not. Hey, hey, if you ever want to run. You can run. No, I don't. Yeah, sure. You can. I promise you. You just start no. off. Listen, the first time I ever ran a mile, I thought I was going to die in the desert. And then I just built well, right up. You, well, you sold me. <laughs> you can come to the desert. <laughs> and hey. If yeah, I'm going to run in like 120 degree weather. Like, that sounds great. You know, no, the nine out there, roasting out there. Right, but it makes you tougher. Like the heat makes you tougher. Well, not 115, but like 100 and like 100. I, I biked 48 miles last Friday in the heat in the morning. Sheesh. And you you don't like you don't die. You just need enough electrolytes and you need to know your body, too, which. Yeah, I know my body. Yeah, it wouldn't be like, yeah. I would just, you know, it's like, I've, I've got some Irish in me. So I, I think like, I may just like start turning to ash if I went down to Arizona and like tried to run, like I would just be like roasting. I, I don't know if I want to be any tougher now. Maybe I'm just like, okay, maybe I'll just like settle for how I am now. Hey, listen, are you surprised that I'm German? No, I thought you were all EST days were German. That's honestly what I thought. I, I know, I really like, am. You guys, were all, like, you guys all came out. Like, the ESTJs are the only, like, they're the only, like, type that's born, like, fluent in German. And you guys are all born and you come out little pantsuits and everything else like that. And you all have a little Hillary Clinton tattoo birthmark on you somewhere. So it's like, no. yeah, I just assumed you guys were all, like, German. I have a tattoo on my back. It's tenacious. That's what it says. I was like, put that right on the back because I'm out there running day after day after day. I am trying. I have a, I have a very big goal that's going to take me like two or three years to accomplish. So like you have to do the daily grind for like two or three years. What, what is that goal? Like fixing climate change or something? No, 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 no. That's how long no. it take you. No, so I picked, I picked up running, like I said, closer to 40. And it usually takes like on average a person like five years to qualify for Boston. And I qualified my first race. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I could start running. So anyway, my best race is a half marathon. So my goal is to be a national master athlete. So I want to run a, mar a half marathon in one hour and 25 minutes. 
So it's a 629 pace for 13 miles. So that's my goal. Like, and I'm going to die trying. Because <laughs> I figure, why not? I mean, why not? You got to do something for yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I've never met anyone who's so into running. You know, I always figured that was something that would like kind of like happen in hell. Like if you went to hell, you would just be like running all the time, like nonstop. Like that's what they do to you in hell. You just like you just like run and do paperwork, and that's like that's it. Well, I heard one time, and I don't know if it's true, so no one quote me in the no comments or anything. But I heard that the treadmill like was was uh, um, done in prisons first. Like you just get you're just trapped on a machine. Like that's how they do it. And I'm like, well, yep, that's how I feel like when I'm on a treadmill. So I don't usually go on a treadmill except when it's a hundred. Well, is it weird for you? Because you're like a machine. So it's like a machine trapped on a machine. <laughs> You've got these Fun machines. <laughs> yeah, I am. Because like it's almost machine. like you are a machine. You know what you should do to go along with your um, tenacious tattoo? You should get a tattoo of Margaret Thatcher on there so people really know that you're not fucking around. And Ronald Reagan and like an American Eagle with like machine guns or something, you know, just go full. And you're going to have to be like, you could use that human heritage to figure out the most efficient way to get it done. Right. Right. Well, so, but you know, what stops me in my tracks? Do you know? You felt when, something. When, <laughs> well, that does. <laughs> but yeah. when, when I'm uncomfortable, like my my INFP ex-husband used to say, if I stamp something weird or like off base, I don't go near it with the ten. I don't go. I don't go near it. So I'll go, go, go. But if something ahead of me makes me uncomfortable, stop right in my tracks. I don't go any further. That's how you can stop That's the ESTJ. Weird. Put them in a very uncomfortable situation, and you'll get just total freezing from them. Wow. That's weird. So is that like when someone asks you like what your feelings are or you like you felt like something like weird, like like, uh, um, you know, an emotion like sadness or something. And it was just like it just freaked you out. Is that what makes you uncomfortable? You see like a diary in a bookstore and it freaks you out. Well, you know, the truth of it is <laughs> I used to think I had a lot of feelings. Until I met extroverted feelers like NFJs. And then I was like, oh, shoot. Do I, I don't even know if I, do I, I used to think, I mean, I would go to a restaurant and you would, you know, off in the corner, you would see like women all together and they would be crying and hugging and like, you know, doing the thing that they do, which is great. And I would just look at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, do I, I do have feeling. I do have feelings. They're just. I don't, I, it's true that I don't know what to do with them. That is a hundred percent true. Like I have to learn, like what, it's not like learning how to cry, but learning like what to do once you start crying. Right. Cause that's the problem. Like, I don't, I don't know how to do. So I, I try not. Well, to it's hard when you're like, yeah, ESTJ, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta like, let it go. You just just go do it in private. That's what the INFPs do. We just go and act like everything's fine, and then you know, 
internally we're like we're having like a dramatic hissy fit inside but we'll just you know go in there and um you know hide in the closet with a milky way and a bottle of vodka and just let our feelings out you know so <laughs> yes no i i totally understand i used to when if we i when i didn't understand quite understand an infp i would say to him like i would tell i would tell him how he felt <laughs> that was wrong <laughs> That was the wrong thing to do. He's like, don't tell me how I feel. I know how I feel. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if you do. And then I realized, yeah, he does 100%. He, he knows exactly how he feels about everything. So I don't do that anymore. I mean, we're not married, but we're super close still. So I don't do that anymore, like at all. I realize, yep, you know your feelings. Yeah. Maybe I don't know mine. Yeah. <laughs> It's a process, you know, you got to dig through stuff. Sometimes things aren't always what they appear. And there's, it's, it's like, you know, definitely not like an efficient process, but we're like the opposite, like of you, of you, because it's like, you guys don't know what to do with your feelings. It's like, we don't know what to do with our time or to like tasks or to like get stuff done. It's just kind of like, I don't know what to do. You know, it's like, we're like little drunk ESTJ, ESTJ babies, like just bumping around into stuff. And we're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, and then you get distracted by feelings and having hissy fits and you're just like, you know, your whole day, you know, is lost because like the cashier at the convenience store was mean to you and it made you think of your mother and then six hours have gone by and you're like, ah, and nothing's done. You're, you haven't even fed your kids. It's just terrible. It's like our children should just be taken away from us because we just we can't. So. <laughs> No, I know. And then it's it's even worse when an INFP comes to an ESTJ with an like a, oh not an idea but a way to do something. And like so he would present an idea and then I would say I I, I can't do the face. Apparently I have a face, facial expression that I do when I think it's a bunch of crap. <laughs> so he would get that look and then he'd be like, "What?" And I'd go, "Hmm, why are you doing it that way?" And he's like, what? Well, I well, I thought this would be a good way to do it. I'm like, mm, I don't think you should go back to the drawing board. And, <laughs> and he's like, geez, oh man. So he always said, when because we did it, we ran a budget every month for years yeah. and years and years. He hated coming to the budget meetings. Oh yeah, yeah. He <laughs> that he designed the budget because you guys like. See, you have a hidden love of spreadsheets. <laughs> That, that inferior TE gets in there and you create these spreadsheets. So like we had these amazing spreadsheets. I mean, the spreadsheets were like, okay, our monthly budget, our vacation budget. We had a 20 year timeline plan all designed by him, not me at all. So he wanted to talk about the timeline. I wanted to talk about the everyday budget. And so every month we would have this budget meeting <laughs> he would sit down for it and he would immediately be like well you've already allocated all the money and i'm like well yeah but but i go that this is just a template you can we can make changes right now so then we would always have to take money out because you guys love vacations you love the travel sure yeah yeah whatever like, keeps us from running Right. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, that's the truth. But so do you travel a lot? Me? No, no. Do you want I, to travel uh, a lot? I usually, you know, it would, it would be cool one day, but I've got like two girls who are young. So it's like, we'll just stay in the area where like family is and, and things like that. So I try to uh, kind of explore or go more in depth with like what's around me and everything, because I've got that natural tendency to ping and, you know, like the generalist attitude where I want to kind of hop from thing to thing. So mm -hmm. to try to rein that in, I try to focus more on like, uh, not giving into like the shiny object syndrome, you know, like, right. you know, like there's a shiny quarter on the ground. It's like, just leave it alone. Just keep going. <laughs> well, see, if you're walking with me, we would be walking so fast. You wouldn't even notice the shiny quarter on the road. Not at all. I would because I would probably have blacked out and I would be on your back <laughs> and you'd be carrying me back to wherever we were. So I would have plenty of time to take everything in. It, it sounded, it would be really relaxing, you know, which reminds me, I, I had an idea for like a nonprofit where like financially successful EJs could adopt INFPs. Like we could have the shelter in like a local library and they could just be adopt. Like, you know how like people have Instagrams for their own pets, they could have them for like INFPs, you know, and things like that. We adopted and being like taken care of, you know, that would be especially for the INFP nines. That's like, that's probably what we like fantasize about and everything, you know, that would be great. That would be a great nonprofit. Cause it would be like, you know, those things where they show all like the animals who are like chained to like an old dog house and they're out in the winter, It'd be like sad INFPs at like a Wendy's or something. And they'd be like, you could help an INFP today. <laughs> and you could like take pictures of us and put us on Instagram sitting in the backyard, wondering what the point of everything is. And it's just, you know, it's just, it, it just would be like really like, you know, really fulfilling for people, for EJs, I think, you know, that would just yep. be great for them. But we, we care about our bottom line. So if we ran like a nonprofit like that, you may not be living in the lap of luxury. You would just have your basic needs met. That's unless fine. You were with That's... An, unless you were with an ESFJ, they may help you out, but ESTJ would be like, do you really need that? Really? What are you going to do with that? <laughs> you guys have stuff you don't need all the time, you know, like, like pajamas and dryer sheets and all that crap. That's all a scam. And you guys insist on doing all that stuff. It could be like a status symbol, like a tiny dog. You know, like Barbara Streisand has her tiny, like you could have a tiny INFP and if you had enough money, you could clone the INFP before he dies. So you never have, to, so you could just keep the same INFP like Barbara Streisand. So it's like, I'm thinking, you know, it just wouldn't be, you know, I'm just, you know, the, so, you know, that's kind of one of my fantasies is to be adapted by Barbara Streisand and then her fortune would kind of keep me alive forever. She would just keep cloning me, you know? <laughs> hey, well, I seem to have a lot of INFJs and INFPs in my life. They find me. They find me. So it's it's super fun. I've had INFJs ask me to, to start a little support group. Well, just INFJs. Oh, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. But I, <laughs> when we learned about each other, we were like, oh, my gosh. 
this is why we are the way we are. <laughs> because we thought there was something wrong with the other person in a way. Like when we first got married, to be honest with you. Like we, people thought we had it easier because we met when we were so young and we went through school together. Then we went to Penn State together and we did all this stuff together, together. And so people were like, well, I mean, if anyone's going to have a, an easier marriage, it should be the two of you because you've known each other. And we grew up in the same area with the same values and all that stuff matched. But we are so very different in the way we approach things, but yet very similar. It's very strange, to be honest. And now that we're not married, it's great. We have the best camaraderie going. Like, we're always going to be in each other's lives because we just have learned each other. Like, I've learned a lot about introverted feeling watching him. And he learned a lot about extroverted thinking watching me. So, now in my coaching business, I need to have that sympathy and then empathy. And he in running the household now, because he's a single parent, he needs to tap into that TE more often. So it's interesting to me. Yeah. You guys, you know, if you guys ran a business together, you'd perfectly like compliment each other. And personally, a hacker, they had a, like an episode about INFPs and they're like, you have to follow your mission, your purpose. And you should probably like make friends with like an ISFJ or an ISTJ, like someone who can actually like organize everything in your idea and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So I've been on his case for years. I wanted I have a I run my, I'm running my own business and I wanted him to be a part of it in a different capacity. But he, he was having trouble kind of getting out of his shell. So now I'm starting um, in about a month or two, my own streaming, uh, my own streaming channel. And I found another INFP to do it with. Because I like what you guys have to offer. Like we, we need it. So yeah, I was just thinking about it. you guys are the, the odd couple. You remember that show? <laughs> Joyce doesn't. Joyce is too young, but you and I probably remember seeing The Odd Couple. <laughs> well, I don't watch much TV, you know. Well, when you were younger, you know, and stuff, yeah. it was on, you know, and then they tried to remake it. You know, I'm not, you know. I, I'm, I'm busy running, okay, Wendy? Get off my back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you... Um, do you do anything like, uh, do you hike or run or bike or any, like any of that stuff? I, I hike slowly to, to okay. take everything in and yeah. move through. That's, that's what I do. It's, it's very, uh, very. Lonely. You probably take fantastic pictures. Yeah, I hope so. You know, that's what I've been told. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I just went for a hike with my oldest daughter and like, yeah, it was, uh, it was good. You know, I'm out of shape and everything, but it was, it was good. Yeah. She was totally fine. And I was getting swarmed by mosquitoes. So it's just like, yeah, I don't need to run to toughen up because I attract all these blood suckers <laughs> in more than like one form. So it's like, I've been just toughened up by my own bad decisions. Like, <laughs> 
you know, I ran an emotional marathon. <laughs> no, that's good. It it's been it's it's been super interesting over the years learning about INFPs because what I find fascinating by you guys is that no matter how much I know my ex, I'll never fully know him. I'll never fully know him. Yeah, isn't that I think someone on uh, one of Joyce's panels said the same thing. Like I, I think it was Spacey. He's got like an INFP girlfriend. And he's like he's like I'll never completely understand her. Yeah, we're like we're we're delicate, mysterious treasures. You know, we're like those creatures at the bottom of the sea that like light up and everything. You know, so it's a very manly description of INFPs. So when you say you dabble in a bunch of things. Once you find something that catches your fancy, do you like deep dive? Because he, he would move from one subject to another, but he would do deep dives into them. So like when he liked watches, he knew all about them. All about them. I do it till like the excitement runs out. Like it'll be like oh, almost yes. like this like hunger and you get this rush and this fire and you're like, oh, this. And then like two days later, you're like, yeah, forget it. You know, we're kind of like horrors, you know, in these subjects and things. We just get bored with them and keep hopping along and we never really get anywhere. You know, we never get married and stuff and everything else. And, you know, it's it's almost weird because it's like it's almost like you're almost like an extrovert where you're just kind of like delving into all these things and, and stuff. Um, Yeah. And we're just like really open. It's like a you know, we come straight out of like a hippie commune or something. It's just like anything, go, you know, just looking around at all this stuff and everything. It's really, mm -hmm. you know, if you could get like herpes or syphilis from like a book, it's like we would all, that would be like the leading cause of death probably for INFPs <laughs> is book herpes. Yes. Do you like the smell of books? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Books that I've been around, I guess, long enough to have a smell and everything like that. Yeah. Or like a new book, like a new book. Like when you get a new book. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah, there is something special about reading the experience of reading from an actual book and not from like a screen that I think is different and better. Yes. Oh, Despite yes. all the info you get from uh -huh. it. Yeah. Yeah. When we were students at Penn State, he got a job at Barnes and Noble. And they put him in the back room with brand new boxes of books. And he had to basically process them. <laughs> that took yeah. a long time for him. <laughs> he was looking at all the new I books. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that he's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It would have taken. Yeah. Forever and ever. <laughs> and then it doesn't help when you're like a nine also. You're just like. You're just so slow. You're like a you're like a freaking like tortoise in a bog and you're just like trying to walk through tar and it's just like Yeah, we don't do efficiency well. We don't quickly necessarily like blaze through things. We're just kind of like, oh you gotta make sure it then we get distracted. We probably spent like hours just like smelling books and just like yes, you know <laughs> yes. the distraction. Hopefully that was like Luckily, that was before LinkedIn because he might have had a testimonial like book smeller put on his profile by a co a coworker or something. But yeah, then... it was a, yeah, a long time ago. 
but, right. but these days it's like they would probably like like that you know someone would probably put that on their linkedin book smeller and it would probably get them a job or something like that you know so but you have an inner grind so even though on the outside i'm i may look like that right and i'm not like that every minute of every day or anything like that because i do work hard play hard like, I do believe in that. Um, I guess hard is in both of those things. <laughs> but um, the but for an INFP, what I always enjoyed about him and what I try to help with other INFPs is that you guys have an inner grind that can come out and endure. Like, you can do it. So you may not always want to do it, or have the courage to do it, but you can do it. You just almost have to get out of your own way too. There's so much that I wanted, that I want for him in his life that he's so good at. And I want him to just pull the trigger and just try, just pull the trigger and try. And if you fail, you fail. Like I said, for my business, either wildly successful or fail miserably, like one of the two, no middle ground. You know, you just, you live one time and you go after it. Right. But for people who don't know INFPs, because you don't get to know you got, you don't get to know them unless you really make an effort. Like when, before we started dating, he stood by my locker every single day, that whole year and didn't say anything to me until I said something to him. And then I'd be right wow. in his face. But every day he stood by my locker. And then by the summertime, he, he asked me out. But my point is, you guys have, you're so intelligent and you have so much going for you that it's just, I just would love to see all that he can, he can do, for example. And I know other INFPs too. Like just all that they can do because you guys have a, the ones had, that have gone out and, and produced like big things, right? They like 48 laws of power, right? It, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing feat when you guys take what's in here and bring it into the world. It just is. And so for as busy yeah. as we are, we do, we can take a minute and appreciate what you bring to the table. Well, you seem like a more evolved ESTJ and stuff. So yeah, trust me, we aren't always like welcomed. It isn't like weird, you know, know, things, you know, like people are like, oh, good. He said that weird metaphor or something, you know, we like hoarding, you know, random facts. It's like, oh, this random fact about chickens. Finally, I can use it. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's just not like, yeah, people aren't, you know, sometimes they like it in certain situations and then they, they don't. But yeah, it's, it's good to be around probably ESTJs because we can develop our own hammers and just like lash out at people. <laughs> yeah. Because we're both in the Enneagram anger group. So we, we just have that problem with anger and just like drop that, you know, that hammer and just just let people have it, you know. But people still don't like, I think, completely take us seriously because it's like, um, you know, we have this 
they called it a Kaizen meeting, this brainstorming meeting. Because right now, you know, I work in like operations. I work in, I feel like a very like ST, like it's not the right fit for me. But we had this brainstorming meeting about how to improve like procedures. And it was, it was probably like an SJ, like brainstorming paradise dream. You know, if they had to have a brainstorming session, it's like, you know, let's talk about paperwork and procedures all day, you know, and everything. So it's just like they're, and then, and then the, the, the people I was paired up with, they, they went right into like talking, except you could tell right away that they lost all concept of time. These naturally organized detail oriented people, they, you know, like their eyes glazed over and they were just like lost it. And I had like my own little ESTJ baby EST moment. I'm like, Oh, someone needs to like, move these guys along and i was like we got to get moving we've got 20 minutes come on but they're all like leisurely you know it was like but my actual boss like i said she's an estj and she's expecting something in like 20 minutes so it's like no one takes the baby estj until he's like a really estj is coming and then they're all of a sudden like five minutes is left and they're panicking and one guy's like shitting himself and just like not saying anything. And the other one's whipping something. down. It's like, let's send more confirmation letters to customers. Ah. I know, but we can be complete, complete problems at times. Cause there's sometimes we can't get out of our own way either. And we get, we put too much on our plates. That's a problem. And we're like, no, we'll just get it done. And then we'll like literally just keep moving and moving and moving and moving and then just collapse. So that's yeah. not good either. Like it's, it's yeah. not even fun all the time being an ESTJ. And anytime pe I've had people, when I get going with people and my hands are moving and all this stuff and we're talking and we're laughing, they say they want to come drinking with me. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> ESTJs are not fun to drink with. Um, this one's not like I'll do your taxes. Like I don't like I got to get up to run the next morning. So dragging me <laughs> off to the bar doesn't usually work at all. Mm -hmm.